Better Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for healthy business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR, Towards a Profitable Africa. Prosperity of your venture into Africa is our goal. We are committed to the success of every business in Africa. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. It's 3 p.m. and it's time for Women in a Man's World on Africa Business Radio. I'm your host, Kudai Mchishatere. This is a show that gives valuable and much-needed information to the modern-day businesswomen in Africa. This show is for entrepreneurs, women in corporate, and women aspiring to get into business. It offers information on opportunities, mentorship, and the ins and outs of running a business in Africa. We give actionable information and inspiration, expose and connect female entrepreneurs to opportunities like funding, new markets, collaborations, and support systems across Africa. We have Pumla Kwelane, a determined creative who has hung up her radio boots for film. She's going to tell us about how to successfully go through the creative field. I share current opportunities in the creative industry and we get to chat to one of Namibia's most sought-after writers, Jenny Kandenge, as she shares her journey in the creative industry with us. She's a writer, producer, actress and director and currently producing a film in partnership with South African filmmakers. And then to finish off, I give you the tech trends that you should follow to grow your creative venture. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio, and always use the hashtag Women in a Man's World. Stay tuned. Women in a Man's World on Africa Business Radio. Right now, I am now joined in studio by Pumla Kwelane. I have to get my clicks right because the clicks are not are not with me. <laughs> 
The creative and entertainment industry has been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons um, for the past couple of months all over the world. From stories of women in the industry being underpaid to exposés of senior male colleagues taking advantage of women in the industry. I have here in studio a woman who has been in the creative studio industry for a couple of years now and who's showing no signs of slowing down. She's going to share with us her experiences in the industry as well as a brief guide on how to successfully navigate an industry dominated by men. Thank you so much for joining us, Pomla. Thank you so much for having me here. Very happy to be here. Very comfortable. Hey, I was just telling her, it's like riding a bike, being <laughs> on radio again. It's like, oh, yes, let's do this. It's good to be back. I'll say that. It is. The juices are flowing they, again. They, you know, they never leave. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, I feel it again. <laughs> okay. You have a rich background in the radio industry in South Africa. And now you've transitioned yeah. to film, yes. which is completely completely different um how has it been working in the music and radio industry um it was good i mean i love music i'm passionate about it um i actually studied music and then radio broadcast as well it's just another form of communication and i write i love that film is another form of communication so starting out in radio and in broadcast media um it was actually really good training ground and i enjoyed it okay now you have now made your directorial <laughs> debut yeah. on a short film, which you also wrote. Yes. <laughs> How has the transition been? Because, you know, it's quite, it's quite different. Radio and yeah. film, it's the same industry, but it's, it's not the same thing. The hours are different. Yeah, Let's start there. Yeah, yeah. Radio is like two hours a week, three hours a week. Yeah. But when you're working on a film, it's like months. Mm, it's extensive. Yeah. <laughs> It definitely, it's been a transition and an adjustment, mm-hmm. <laughs> a massive adjustment. Uh, it hasn't been easy. It's definitely been one of the most challenging things I've done. And I think, you know, you cited that they're so similar because they both, you know, within, they're considered in the greater scheme of things within media and entertainment. Um, and I think sometimes you can go into your transition within this whole media and entertainment pool thinking it's not too far removed, <laughs> it'll be okay, and uh, it, it, it's just far removed. The hours are different, as you mentioned, um, also just the structure. There's more structure in broadcast media. There's more structure in, in, in radio. I mean, it, it almost is structured in a very corporate way. You know, there's, yeah, there's yeah. Like the boss, the, there is an HR department, and there's none. There is no area. HR department in film, is there? Is there no. an HR department? No. So who do you complain to? Your question. Your director. Good question. <laughs> she, she points it this way. Your director. <laughs> <laughs> And then who do I complain to? So I think, you know, it's, it's th- that's just, I think, been one of the more difficult things. It's not an easy industri- industry to regulate. And so a lot of things happen without regulation. What's, 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 the, what's the biggest challenge for you so far in your transition? Has it been waking up at a crazy call time? Because no. film has crazy call time. So does radio. Yeah. <laughs> depending on, depending time on your show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And when I was in radio, I actually did more of a uh, nine-to-five uh, type vibe and it wasn't necessarily like you guys you come in for a couple of hours even though you do your prep you know I was definitely around in studio longer but um, I think uh, the, the hours and stuff the most difficult thing has just been the industry environment and, and you just have to adjust accordingly mm-hmm 
don't be looking for <laughs> a place where you can go and like let out all your grievances about like the day-to-day -day operations forget it if you're here for the passion stick with the passion otherwise a lot of things will get you, you sidetracked big girl boots on thank you you put <laughs> your big girl boots on and and really you just admire all the other big girls that did it before you wow <laughs> and are currently doing it because uh, it's it's boss it's it's boss regardless of where you start and i started at the bottom it's just boss wherever okay <laughs> never stops you need to put your big girl boots on and just work and just work okay now what are the main qualities a woman in particular has to have to join or make it in the creative field because you know like you said it's quite different mm. um the hours are different the, the vibe is different mm. the structure is different yeah and most women you know when you say okay i'm in film yeah for example mm. They expect you to be a talent. Yeah. You know, they, they're thinking, you know, she is an actress. Yeah. But no one really thinks maybe she's the director, she's the writer, or she's the producer, or she's the camera, one of the camera crew, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So what what qualities should you have as a woman who wants to go into this? Ooh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Oh, God, I only do big things. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think, you know, being female is obviously not a disadvantage. We have all these movements that are awesome coming up. But earlier on, before the show, we were speaking about, like, the, the Time's Up movement and, you know, the future's female, all of these amazing hashtags. Um, and I just think, I think, you know, being a female, it's not a disadvantage. So don't think of it as that entering the industry, especially when you come in a position where um, you're considered an HOD, a head of department or in charge, and the majority of the people around you are male, and mm -hmm. anyone else that is female is either, you know, the actress or would be like a makeup, mm -hmm. like in their quote unquote in their place yes. um, you know because if you think of it that way it will be overwhelming I mean, you are outnumbered that's mm -hmm. the fact and um it's, it's not a bad thing it isn't it, it, you can view it as an opportunity um that you can make your own in spite of the challenges and they will be there um, mm -hmm. you can't help how some people are not progressive in their mind you really can't help a system that's always been pro-male you can't help any of those things so we want to focus on you and the things that you can control and what you can contribute but then i think just the only side of you that can that's the most important yeah because it's a fast industry it's a fun industry too yeah now has it is it not easier for us to get into the more in charge roles or has it become harder because there's a lot of resistance because i get what you mean i've mm. been on set for something that i was producing and i was the only female yeah and everyone had to answer to me mm. but you know how guys are you know mm. they'd ask themselves on their own in a yeah. corner yeah. and then you're like oh, I, I don't <laughs> authorize that hello yeah. <laughs> boss <Yeah>. here <sighs> I don't know if it's more easier or harder. I just think that there's just more awareness now that you can go beyond what would be considered the normal place for a woman within the film industry. Um, it's just, it, I think it's a good thing for when girls like log on online and they see 
as much as they can a lot of female HODs. That's just just to see that. Even if you're the only female there on set surrounded by guys, yeah, it's just, just to very, see. Yeah. Just to know that it's it's a thing. Exactly, it happens. That it happens and, and there are females out there who, who are um in, in a position to you know, be in control of their creativity and, and like decide that, you know, I'm gonna write this, I'm gonna write it this way and I'm going to if I can produce it, if I'm in that position too, or if I can direct it, because I mean those are generally the producer and director roles are generally the two but mm-hmm. in terms of movement and production. So I think just the awareness of it. I, I don't think it's it's any easier, I don't think it's any harder to to be honest with you. It's just more aware. It's just people yeah. are more aware. Away, yeah. Okay. Now this is a sensitive one. Mm. <laughs> and I want you to, to anger your old bosses. No, it's not too bad. <laughs> but do you feel women are given the same pay when it comes to projects as men? Like, were you wow. given the same as wow. men? Wow, she, she went there, she went there, she went there. That's there. what the whole movement is about, so oh I gosh. have to know. Yeah. Um, I really, uh, let me, s- okay, I I don't think so, no. Um, and I think that there are a lot of different reasons behind the whole pay saga um, across industries, and not just this industry, I think just across industries in general. Mm-hmm. And I think the major thing when it comes to pay is women, we just, okay, our own responsibility comes from the perspective of knowing our value, um, not being afraid to state how much. <laughs> How much you actually want? Yes, because just because uh, someone offers you something doesn't necessarily mean that that's how much you're worth. You know, that's just mm-hmm. the offer that's put on the table. We don't negotiate either. There's a problem in negotiating as women. We're very, we're very. I should do a whole show on how to yeah. negotiate. Yeah. No, really, because and how to be a leader. I would benefit from the show as well. Really, I would, because mm. I, I think that it's just something that is not innately within us. Um, we just. We generally tend to accept the offer that is set on the table because we feel like, oh, at least, you know, I'm <laughs> being offered something. It's something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm here, I can work. And when we do negotiate, we start at the lowest point. We never actually, we, we hardly, you just, it's just not, I don't know, is it programming? Is it something that's indoctrinated in us? Is it the way that we grow up and it's been conditioned? I'm not so sure. Maybe I should get a psychologist on the show to yeah. talk to, to answer those questions. Because we need no, to know. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually thinking. Now, okay, tell me, you have been working in the industry for some time now. Mm. In your opinion, what do you have to do to make a name for yourself? Now, I'm asking this question because there's a lot of misconception of how women make it in the mm-hmm. industry. Yes. A lot of, oh, you have to lift up your skirt yeah. to make it. Yeah. You know, business is, is quite varied. You know, when people think of business, they don't usually think of the creative industry as a business. But yeah. in other parts of the world, people make billions out of this. Yes. And it's something that we women should start waking up to and yes. saying, okay, let me not just be a talent. Yeah. Let me own a media company. Let me, mm. you know, run a production. Mm. Let me make a name for myself in this industry. Now, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Hey, she's here with the big question. <laughs> <laughs> she's here with the huge ones today. Sorry. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> I think you know what there's so many different ways to tackle it I, I do think it's an individual journey mm-hmm. um, and we have we all have the people we look up to I mean I love Oprah obviously who doesn't who doesn't love I think every black girl in media yeah. will say I love Oprah oh gosh okay somebody whispered something interesting in the background <laughs> what did he say he actually said he's, in, in his joking voice that we will forgive he said he doesn't <laughs> he just got several side eyes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that aside, um, I think the journey is very individual. You have to look at what it is that you want. Even if you want to be talent, you know, like what you're saying, how are you going to own? That? How are you going to be a star? Yes. How are you going to be a star and then capitalize off of that? Don't let whoever it is tell you they made you a star. Don't let whoever it is capitalize off of your talent. So depending on what you want, um, it's very individual. So just, I, I think thinking about um, where you want to be in the future mm. and then just starting <laughs> mm. backwards so you can work towards there, which is generally what, what I did when, when I made my transition. Um, from where I stood, because I didn't study film, it meant like starting as a trainee <laughs> within mm-hmm. productions, despite having um, a career and having experience within the working world. Um, if I wanted to get to the point that I am now, it meant for me starting at the bottom. It, it could have meant for somebody else um, studying. Mm-hmm. It could have meant for somebody else, um, you know, I don't know, auditioning and landing the huge role and then right off the bat or what would seem to be right off the bat overnight mm-hmm. making it. I just think sitting and thinking about it intensely for yourself because you can look up to whoever you want to. Those journeys are so individual. Mm, that's actually very true. Mm. Now, my last question. I'm not going to grill you anymore. Yeah. Should creatives worry about things like, I know they worry about funding. They're always yeah. crying about funding. Okay. Registration and everything else that entrepreneurs worry about. Because yeah. when, when you're a creative, you just think, okay, I'm going to write. Mm. And then look for someone to buy it. Mm. You know, it's quite different from how other people in other fields structure their businesses. Because usually other people say, okay, I'm starting a business. I need to get registered. I need mm-hmm. But creators seem to do it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you start with the product. Because if you have nothing to offer, like, I could easily come in and be like, I am the greatest. Mm-hmm. I can direct fabulous things for you. You see? Give me a camera. That means nothing. You actually have to have the product. We need to see it. So should they follow the structures of other businesses or should they just do what they're doing and just create? You have to create. I mean, that's what you are. You're creative. You have to create on a daily. It's not enough to say that you are creative. You actually have to have something to show for. If you write, what have you written? Where is it? It doesn't have to be like this number one bestseller or like this you know and I have something you have something to show because okay. when the time comes up you're going to have to show it mm. your show reel is what's going to speak for itself okay wise word <laughs> thank you so much for joining me in the studio it was so much fun chatting to you yeah. please don't go anywhere I'm going to be back with the opportunities available in the creative field business opportunities so stay tuned Thinker Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for both your business news, economy, leadership, creativity, investment, and more. ABR, Towards a Profitable Africa.
Welcome to Women in the Man's World on Africa Business Radio. I'm your host, Kudzai. Remember to always follow us on Twitter at Africa Business Radio, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio. Use the hashtag Women in the Man's World. And if you have any interview requests or any requests that you want to send through to the studio, you can email info at africabusinessradio.com. I was just having a lovely, lovely chat with Pumla about the... You know, the landscape, the creative landscape, what you should do to be successful. It was a lot, guys. If you missed it, you can catch it on the podcast that will be up tomorrow. Right now, I want to talk about the opportunities that are currently available in the creative space. How to make money with creatives. That sounds bad. We don't want to make money off creatives, okay? We want to make money with them and for them and for ourselves, most importantly. So when you think of the creative industry, very few people consider it as a viable business to pursue. Now, I have a few opportunities that are worth exploring if you're looking to make money in the arts. The first one... I love this. Trust me. I have like a, a publishing one and I really want to get into this one. It's to create an ebook publishing house. Now, a lot of people have publishing houses and we've had publishing houses since the dawn of pen and paper and people being literal. But we have now moved on to the internet stage and people are reading ebooks. I love reading books online and you have to explore that as a business option a publishing house well you know some people don't have access to printing and all that stuff but when you do an ebook publishing house it means that you're just creating books that will be sold online it's quite affordable to start you can even start on your own you can get a designer to work with you for the layouts you can sell books on amazon ibooks you know all these stores and you can still charge a commission like the regular publishing houses. It just won't cost as much to start up. It it won't be as complicated to start up. And you can actually have a lot more clients than if you'd want to do a proper publishing house. And you can offer more. Because I see a lot of publishing houses in Africa. Let me just say this because it bothers me. I see a lot of publishing houses in Africa. I, they, they charge authors. I really find that very unethical because authors, you, you charge a royalty, you charge a commission of the book sales. So if you charge an author up front, how is the author guarantee that you're actually going to do the, the work you're supposed to do as a publishing house? So please let's stop it because that is just, that's not how we're supposed to be doing business. The next one you can do is to create an online shop for African products for African consumers. Now, I'm very specific about this one, for African consumers. I subscribe to a lot of newsletters and online shops that sell really nice things. But I've noticed that most of them that sell things that are made in Africa, whether it's African clothes, African soaps, African jewelry, they're selling in the West, um, in London and stuff, for the African diaspora, and there's actually nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I might be sitting here in South Africa, and I want to buy some African fabric from from Ghana or some cute jewelry from Chad or something. 
I have to be able to access that. And if you create an online shop that houses all these African products, you are promoting African creatives. It could be paintings. It, it could literally be anything that is being made by, by Africans. And it's accessible to Africans in the continent. So that means creating payment systems that are, you know, that can work in Africa. In East Africa, we know in Kenya, um, M-Pesa is more common than the debit card because every shop you go to, you can make a payment like that. In Zimbabwe, it's EcoCash, you know. So if you integrate all these different payment systems that work in different African economies, it's even much better and it makes it more accessible. Because you might be asking, okay, why, could I, why can't you just buy from the online shop that's selling in pounds? To start off with, I don't want to hear the you know, converting that into my local currency. Secondly, shipping. I like a pair of earrings and it's two pounds, for example. How much is it going to cost me to get to where I am? So, how much? 50. So, I've got earrings for 52 pounds. I don't even want to start to think about how much 52 pounds is in rands or so. You you get my point. So, it has to be for African consumers because I feel like there's a huge market for this. The other thing that you can do if you have your money in check is to invest in the local industry. The African creative industry still believes in government grants and funding from governments, but it's not sustainable. In my opinion, it's not sustainable. The private sector really has to chip in and grow the creative industry. And that's where you can make money. If you are... You know, if you have your money in order and you want to invest in something, invest in film, invest in entertainment, in, invest in the creative industry. It's a very lucrative way to make money, but a lot of people don't think of it that way. You can start an art school or college. I feel like there is such a market for this. Remember, I think two weeks back, I spoke about... Um, private colleges being a very lucrative business idea in Africa because of the lack of government funding in government schools and the poor education in those schools that is on the rise because of that. So if you open an arts or creative school, it's going to make you so much money because, you know, most creatives go to the usual university where you take on a bunch of subjects that have nothing to do with what you want to do. You take on sociology and you want to be a film producer. Like, what are you going to do with that? It's a waste of their time. So if you create a curriculum that's very specific to a creative industry and you market it to your people in your country, it can even go to different countries. You can collaborate with other creatives. It's an amazing and, you know, such a fulfilling way to make money. And a very easy one is to host occasional markets in your local parks and area to sell paintings, curios, whatever it is. You can have this. You just have to rent out a space from um, the municipality or whoever is in charge of the area, get some people to buy stores, and you have a business. So ladies, don't overlook the creative industry as a way for you to make money. They, it's very, you know, most of the things that you can do there don't even cost a lot of money to start with. You don't need, they're not capital intensive. And I feel like if we look into it, we could make money from this industry and not just worry ourselves with things that are already done, you know, things things that are saturated. Let's break new ground in this area and let's have more female faces being at the top of the creative food chain. That is all I have for your opportunities today.
and I'm going to go on a quick ad break and I'm going to be joined by Jenny Kandenga in studio for an amazing interview. The questions that I have prepared for her, she is not ready. She is not. Stay tuned. on Africa Business Radio. If you're just joining us, we're already halfway through the show. But don't worry, you can still catch the podcast tomorrow. Um, I spoke to Pumla on the amazing things that are happening in the creative industry. She's busy taking a video or a picture. I I don't know what's going on in studio today. (laughs) And then I gave um, some opportunities available for businesswomen to explore in the creative industry. And now I am joined by Miss Jenny Kandenge, who's, all, who's from all the way in Namibia, in the land of the brave. Remember, you can always follow us on, at Africa Biz Radio on Twitter, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio, and always use the hashtag Women in a Man's World. Now, Jenny is one of the most sought-after writers. She has written a thought-provoking book, Trauma, I finished it in a few hours, I won't even lie. She has written and directed numerous plays staged in Vintuk, Namibia. She acts and is here in South Africa writing and producing a short film. Thank you so much for joining me in studio, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Now, she, she thinks I'm going to bombard her with crazy questions, but... Everyone knows I have the easiest questions in the studio. I'm like so, so nice with people. Now, you have found and worn so many boss hats in the creative industry. I want to call them boss hats. I should call them that term, boss hat. Have you always known that you wanted to be in the arts? For a very long time. Not always, always. I wanted to be a vet when I was younger. You wanted to be a vet? Yes. Until I realized I needed mathematics for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
that is always a creative stumbling block. <laughs> I feel like most creatives know they're creatives when we find out math is not for them. Yeah, it's it's when you have to choose between math and English and you're like, hmm, okay, I know where I belong. <laughs> Let me just take English. Um, but I've always like loved creating like that. And I started out as a writer, so... That's how I got into the creative industry. Oh, well, you always had words in your head. I feel like writers have a lot of voices in their heads because, you know, you can write five different characters with five different, you know, likes, dislikes. Like, what's going on in a writer's head? Can you please just... I'm always curious. What goes on in a writer's head? In a writer's head, hey, sometimes um, for me, I would be like, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to write it, but I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. And then you go to bed, and it's like a nagging voice. But don't tell me you dream about it. No, you don't dream about it. Like, the voices are just like, create me. You, you, she said voices. <laughs> she said voices. She has voices. You see, writers have voices in their heads. I've, I've known this for a long time. Okay, now I want to talk about a little bit about your book, um, Trauma. It touches on so many heart-wrenching topics and issues young women go through. Yes. I, I, I loved it. I'm a fan. What inspired you to write this book? Um, it was, I started writing it in my final year of high school. And it's basically kind of what the book is about, four friends in high school. And I had three friends. And each of us went through a lot of like stuff that happened in the book. And... It all came from we didn't have people in our community that we could talk to, but we had like two of us had diaries. So we would write down our things in our diaries, and I was like, it's kind of, I, I was just like, I want to write a book about that year. So that, that's where you got your inspiration, because you're a long way from high school. Eight years! <laughs> Been writing it for eight years. Um, it's something that. Even though I finished it, I think, like, five years ago, I would constantly go back to it and make it better and write the story better. And I was just like, the timing for me, I feel, was perfect because I had to grow as a writer. I had to grow as a person. And then I had to understand the older characters in my book as well. Okay. Now, who did you write the book for? Um, I wrote it for my little sister. Um, She's actually my stepsister, Sabina. Uh, because she has always been a very wild girl, and I hope she's not listening to you too. The whole world, the whole world, that's the whole world knows now. And even dropped her name. Gosh. Guys. Yeah, uh, it's it's like it's it's basically the book is kind of like things to look out for. You know, you're young, you wanna experiment, you wanna have fun, but there are consequences to the choices you make in life. So it's like a girl. Be careful of the world kind of book. So it's like things that I couldn't tell her to look out for. I bas- basically wrote it in the book. In the book. Yeah. That's a, that's a very sweet thing to do. You have written, directed, and staged a number of plays in Namibia. How would you describe the arts landscape in, in the country, in Namibia? In Namibia, um, there's a big divide in the arts, you have the music, you have the theater, and you have the film, and there's like a big divide between those industries, hey? Um, there's a thing whereby, especially for theater, theater is looked down, it's like, the, it's below, it's like the last one on the list when it comes to art, and for me, I want to bridge that gap, especially in film and theater, 
and create more of an environment where theater people and film people can work together. Because we have a big gap, like I'm saying, and sometimes say I have a play and I know a filmmaker. It would be good if they document the play, or if they do a documentary on how a, how a theater play comes together, or even if um, a theater director can work with a film director. For me, the landscape is growing, but there is a big divide within the industries. Okay. Yeah. I like right that you're, you're thinking of a way to bridge it. You're thinking of of a solution. You have your boss hat on. <laughs> how is that? You're working in South Africa now for this particular project. How is the landscape different um, in South Africa and Namibia? Um, I have to say in South Africa there are a lot more opportunities. Hey, um, mm. Writers, directors, actors, they have a lot more opportunities to get into the industry than in Namibia. For example, let's say in Namibia right now, I know that they're working on their second feature film for the year. And I think so far from what I know, those are the only two feature films for this year that's in Namibia. Only two feature films. And in South Africa, you hear of a feature film being made like every week. So there's more, um, the industry's bigger obviously here. There's more work opportunities. But then again, with our industry, because it's so small, there's a lot of clicks as well. Like people only want to work with certain people. Only certain people get jobs because the producers, let's start from the producers. Um, there are few producers in Namibia. There are few people who have dominated certain industries. But here in South Africa, there are a lot of production companies. There are a lot of producers. There are a lot of ways to actually build a career. Okay. Yeah. All right. You have recently made it official. The registration <laughs> that I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> wow. You should have seen her face. Like, did you make something else official? <laughs> I was like, made what official? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> it's like I, I, I triggered you. But I you, think she's not telling you. I think so. Are you married now? Um, no comment. Oh, wow. No comment. I feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> but you made it official in the business world, and you registered your um, media company, your business. What challenges have you faced as a creative, you know, doing this official business thing? Um, my, com my company is called Darkround Productions, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um what challenges I have faced is funding because when you're a new company, not a lot of, you don't have a big profile of work that you've done. So for me and my partner, we decided to create our own like content because we're a production media company and we're like, okay, now looking for funding. Like we needed something to start our company off with. And for me, I always say you should have like an aim for your company saying, okay, I want to have for productions under it or I want to have this. Don't just create a company for the sake of creating it. So when we created our company, funding was a bit of a problem because mm -hmm. we never we never had anything to show um, to show to say this is what we can do. So when we started, we had to self-fund a lot our own things until we can go show funders and say this is what we can do. Like help us create more of this or mm -hmm. help us complete this project. That was one of the big struggles we had. Another one was um, 
the whole process of creating a company, <laughs> the whole registration, the whole registration process, and there were so many things that we needed to know. Like you need to have a tax invoice, and you have to go to this office, and you need to write a letter to open a bank account, and all these things. Um, take time to research before you start. <laughs> <laughs> start uh, the process of running like registering your company take mm-hmm. time to research what is needed to register a company and where you need to go and especially um do market research as well you don't want to create a company when there is no market for what you're about to do so do market research and if you see a gap there jump for it okay so did you register for funding no. Well, for what exactly? Like, did you register a company so that you could have access to funding? Because usually funders want you to be an actual body. You know, they're not going to give you, Jenny, money. You know, they want to give that crown production money. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we didn't register our company to get funding. We registered our company because we wanted to do like a female-owned production company in Namibia, like we really wanted, because we saw we don't have a lot of that. We have like one or two female-owned uh, companies, like production companies, and we're like, okay, all the big production companies are ga- are men. So mm-hmm. we're like, now we're gonna go into like we're gonna go with the big fish, and we're gonna have a company instead of us working as freelance artists. So. That's a big thing. Most women just work as freelancers. No one really says, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be satanical or this thing. And, you know, be, you know, create my production and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's quite amazing that you thought of going at the top of the food chain. And I think it's the whole thing where people are intimidated when they hear production company because then they're like, you guys make big movies. You guys like Hollywood. Um, <laughs> different things a production company can basically do. So, first, before you get excited or before you get scared to start your own production company, look into what it is specifically you want to do. Okay. Now, as a woman in the industry, you've now doing your own production company. You know, you're at, at the top of the food chain. How do you command respect amongst your male colleagues? Your male talents, your male, you know, production team, all of those things. Um, I I have been in situations like that where you're, especially with crew or stuff like on productions, because it's a very male-dominated industry. So, and if you're a woman at the top, so you're like the director or like you're the AD, and it's all men, and they have to listen to you, you know. And I'm already tiny. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Um, what the way you command respect that I think uh, is know what you want, be firm, and show that you know what you're doing. Because that's the one thing. Don't show weakness. Show that you know what you're doing, even if you don't know what's going on. <laughs> like that's a always told us have godlike knowledge and be, t- just go in there as if you know what you what you're doing like he he gave us that whole advice of it's mm. always best to be prepared mm. um and if you're in situations where 
you're you're like on top, so it's like a meeting, and you're the boss there, basically. Mm-hmm. It would be. It's always best to be prepared. Don't show any thing whereby you don't know what you're doing. Don't show any weakness. Basically, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Don't show any. Um, I don't understand. Help me, kind of thing. Yeah. Don't say boss hat. Boss hat. I'm telling you, this thing's going to trend. Boss hat. Yeah, boss hat. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Pumba. In the projects that you've done, you know, whether it's for yourself or for another company, any production company, do you think you're paid, or women in general, are they paid as much as their male counterparts? If I do a campaign mm-hmm. and I'm a guy, and maybe next year's campaign or a few months down the line there's another campaign and you're doing it, are we going to get the same amount of money? Okay, um, in our industry, I haven't encountered something like that yet. Um, it's more based on the kind of experience you have as well. Because mm-hmm. some, many people will ask for different quotations from you yourself. So your quotation will basically price it on the experience you have as well. And if, say for instance, I'm competing with someone else that has more experience and he's a man, they would they would obviously offer him more. If I have more experience than a guy, they would offer me more. And I like I haven't experienced a thing whereby I was paid less than a man or where I heard of something like that. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. I guess the campaign is getting there or maybe didn't in Africa weren't as ex um exploited or maybe in Namibia? Maybe no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, what opportunities are there for women who want to head um, production companies or their own productions? What gap is available for us? Well, now is a good time with the whole future is female. There are a lot of um, opportunities for females now. People are willing to fund female-owned productions a lot more now. Um, because they're trying to have that balance in the industry with female-owned production companies and male-owned production companies. So a lot of a lot of um, applications and stuff like that. When you apply, it even says preference is given to female like uh, participants or so. So I think they are trying to push. Mo- this is the best time to create. <coughs> As a woman. As a woman, yeah, to create. This is the best time in the industry for us right now because black females, they are, they are pushing for us as well to be ahead. To, to be at the top. Yeah. Would you have done this sooner if you had known to be, at, to be heading your own production company, to be heading productions and to be doing things in a more decision-making point of view in the industry? Um, honestly, no. Um, I, I, I've had a chance to work on a lot of other projects with other people, and I believe that whole time has taught me how to run my company, um, what to do, what not to do. I always take, when I'm on a production or a project, I always take what went right, what could have been avoided, and what went wrong, of course. Mm-hmm. And all of that has prepared me for my company now. So if I if I hadn't gone through that process for working for other people and dealing with other projects, I wouldn't be able to have the experience I have now. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, that's, that's, you know, most people just say, oh, yes, I should have done this sooner. I've got this. But that's a very, very honest answer. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You see, I, I didn't chop your head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me in studio. And I hope to have you again sometime soon. And so. you talk to us more about making money in this. Is there money? I didn't ask. Is there money? <laughs> there was a favorite line of the government. We have no money. There's no money to start. So are you just looking at the government for funding? Like, okay, you, you, funding? <laughs> you don't look at just the government to fund, but they're number one. You, you start there. There are different organizations hey, that fund, and there are different ways to raise funding as well. There are competitions you can enter for funding. It's not only, don't only wait for the government to throw call-outs. You have to, of course, on the, the internet, just Google funding opportunities for film. But you didn't answer my question. I said, <laughs> spend money. Look at her, being smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say you have money. It depends where exactly I was talking about. Is that Africa or Namibia? In your pocket. <laughs> I'm not a funder. <laughs> she has it, please. So, you know, when someone doesn't want to tell you about money, please raise money. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio. I hope to get you back. If you are just listening in now, so unfortunate. We are already almost at the end of our show. We were chatting to Jenny Kandinge from Namibia. She is a writer, producer, director, author, actress, dot, 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 everything. And she has a boss hat in the creative industry. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Based Radio, like our Facebook page at Africa Business Radio. Follow us. Oh, I already told you to follow us. Hashtag Women in a Man's World and email info at africabusinessradio.com if you have any questions, interview requests, or anything you want to direct straight to the studio. We're going to go on our last break, and when we come back, I'm going to give you the tech and trends of the week. Tune in to Africa Business Radio www.africabusinessradio.com Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, Africa Beast Radio, towards a profitable Africa. The prosperity of your venture into Africa is our goal. We are committed to the success of every business in Africa. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa.
we're back for the final, final segment of Women in a Man's World on Africa Business Radio. We have had a very creative show today. I had Pumla in studio discussing about how to make it in the creative world. I had Jenny just now, and she was telling me about how to wear the boss hat right in the creative industry. I gave some opportunities available for people who want to make money in the creative space. And now it's time for tech and trends and in the spirit of creativity. And for all those women who are thinking of how to monetize their products without spending too much money or losing too much share, I have some tech that you can use to grow your creative venture. Now, the Internet has brought about an amazing wave of change in the world. We can now connect to millions of people because of it, which means we can easily find and connect with people with whom we share the same interests. Because of this, creatives have more platforms to share and monetize their work, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about now. I'm going to start off with Create Space. You can make your film available as a high-quality download on Amazon Instant Video. Your customers can choose from Download to Own, or download to rent purchasing options while you earn royalties from each sale. So if you're a bit confused about, okay, what is she talking about? I'm talking about distributing your film or TV content, your film, drama, whatever it is that you've made. If you can't, if you've been looking for the longest time for a broadcaster, you can use this option to at least monetize because it doesn't make sense for your film to age on the shelves, you know, and it might lose relevance depending on what you've made. So you can use this platform, Create Space, to monetize your film. And I also have FLM.TV. It's a video on-demand company for independent filmmakers dedicated to the delivery, distribution, marketing, and social experience of ad-supported independent films and trailers on-demand. So you can upload whatever content it is that you have on this platform and you monetize it through, they, you know, they sell ads there. So you can make, make money through this. It'll be available for people to watch because sometimes we just, we make content for people to watch. We want to raise awareness. We, you know, people make content for so many different reasons. So if you want people to be able to see it for a social cause or whatever it is, and you can't find a platform to place your work, this is a very viable option. Now, to the writers, there is iBooks Author. This is for Apple users. If you're an Android girl like me, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, I'll give you more options. Don't worry. So this is iBooks Author. It's a platform for you to um, create a book or whatever sort of print material um, to upload online. You can sell it on iBooks. Um, but it's for... Apple users, so you can create on your Mac. So if you don't have an Apple, unfortunately, this platform won't work for you. It's for you to create and also monetize. The other one is Blurb, which I have used before. I've loved it. You can get a designer. Okay. Say it's a magazine. You get a designer who can design the magazine for you and everything, and then you upload it to Blurb as a PDF. 
you can get print copies printed and sent to you or people can it can print on demand if that makes sense so if someone wants a print version they can buy off the site and it's much cheaper for you because for authors and publishers alike it's quite difficult for you to and expensive for you to print so this option allows you to create your book people can read it from blurb or your whatever ebook it is and you can even design from scratch on your own. It has amazing templates for you to choose from and design your book magazine, trade book, photo book, whatever it is that you want to create. The last one that I'm going to give you is Book Creator. Now, the, the name is self-explanatory. You can create books from this. Um, it gives you templates as well. It gives you options to sell. It gives you options to... Um, market it online on social media it's quite easy to use it's i i feel like these options are you know the best to use if you are stuck on how to create and how to design especially your your content so if you have content you have words but you don't know how to design this is a great option because you just upload you put it as a t uh, pdf you upload on these websites it does all the layout for you you know you can it's easy for you to do it's like you know, publishing 101, publishing for dummies. So, guys, if you're in the creative space and you want to use this, please feel free to do it. If you're selling, you know, ads and stuff, make use of e-commerce sites that I spoke about last week. There are e-commerce sites for you to sell your art or you can just do it the good old-fashioned way, you know, just stand on the side of the road and sell your art. It's quite easy to do. This is all I have for you on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope if you didn't listen to everything, you can listen to the podcast when it's up tomorrow. And you will be back next Wednesday because I have an amazing show for you. It's going to be all about tech, women in tech. So please always tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio, and always use the hashtag Women in a Man's World. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you again next week. <laughs>